Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. All right, so today I'm starting a new series called Gift Bearers. And in this series, it's going to be all about the gifts that we bear and what do we have that's fit for a king. If I could just be bold enough to say the worship that we just offered up, that's fit for a king. Uh, amen? amen? That's fit for a king. Like, when we come in and we offer him up praise that is like the highest praise, it's like, I'm going to give you the best I can right now. Sometimes I don't, my best is not the same every week, you know, but I'm going to give him the best I can right now. And I don't know if you ever heard this phrase growing up, but we, I remember when I was a kid and we were invited over to somebody's house uh, for lunch, dinner, or maybe a party or something, we would take food with us or whatever it was that we were coming. And as we were coming up the, the driveway or to the entrance of their house, we would say, uh, they would say, hey, y'all, come on in. And we would be like, yeah, it's so good to see you. We come Bearing gifts. Good. I'm glad that wasn't just a Mississippi phrase. We come bearing gifts, meaning, hey, we didn't come empty-handed. We came to contribute something to this. We came to honor this house. We came to celebrate. Really, we came to do communion with you is what we're basically saying when we come to bear gifts. And when we celebrate Jesus this season, what I always try to do is I always try to lean into the Christmas narrative I don't like to all, I, I slip a few times and call it the Christmas story, but there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. So if you say that, don't get under any condemnation. But so many times the word story has a fictional connotation and there's nothing fictional about the Christmas story. There's nothing about the Christmas narrative. Like that stuff actually happened. I know a lot of people deny it. And that's fine with them. Let them just live however they want to live. But as for me and my house, I believe in God's deity, God himself incarnate, the flesh. God became flesh. And we celebrate him during this time of year. It's not his birthday, but we celebrate his birth at this time of year. And as he came, we all know the story of how Jesus came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the sky, my debt to pay. Y'all, some of y'all from the from the 90s, y'all are getting it. Y'all are getting it. All right. Lord, I lift your name on high. And we understand that Jesus is the center of everything we do. In this series, I'm going to focus on the different people who were a part of this event. And today I'm going to talk to you about Joseph and Mary. So in the scripture, we're going to be in two different places because... Um, Matthew records what happened to Joseph, but Luke records what happened to Mary. And so we're going to have to marry these two uh, narratives to get really the whole story of what I'm trying to get to you today. So we'll be going to Matthew chapter 1 for Joseph, and we'll go to Luke chapter 1 uh, for Mary. So 
uh, in this series called Gift Bearers, as we go into this, I want you to be thinking about what gifts do you have to offer that is fit for a king? Like, what is it that you have that is worthy to bring to a king? I'm telling you, there are a lot of times over my course of history in the faith that I've brought some gifts to the Lord that I'm not sure he cared about. You know, I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, I don't think I did it with any kind of malevolent heart, any kind of um, impure motive. I just didn't know. I just didn't know how to come before the Lord. And so there, there are ways that we come to the Lord. There are things that we bring to the Lord. I learned that uh, just giving money to the church is not what the Lord wants. The Lord wants the heart behind your resources. That's what the Lord wants. And so many people uh, that I've come across time after time after time, they're like, well, I've been faithful, I've done this, and I'm like, but I know your life, I know your life, and that's not going to make it for you. That's part of a mature Christian life, don't get me wrong. And the church needs resources to function as we do anywhere in the world. I've never gone to a church anywhere in the world, and I've been to multiple continents. I've never gone to a single church, not even the ones in the bush. I've never been to a single church that didn't need resources. Either they had, it, had to get it from their church people, or they needed it from people like us who would send someone. So, you know, when we talk about gift-bearing, what is it that we bring to him? It's not enough just to bring your body. Like, I was thinking about this th this week. Like, our church is not a church that is going to fit somebody's need to check off a tick box. Are you following me? Yeah. Like, this, our church doesn't work that way. Like, you're not going to be able to... Obviously, you're not going to be able to hide in this church. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to get lost. We're going to know if you're here or if you're not here. We're going to know that. Like if you're looking to hide, you really need to go to a mega church. I'm not dissing mega churches. You understand that, right? I'm not saying that's a negative thing, but I'm saying that happens. I've heard people with their own lips, say to me before, well, I like to go because I'm not noticed. On the other side, the flip side of that, I've had people, there are some of you here, that have said, I'm not noticed. Nobody knows I'm there. There's no community for me there. So that doesn't work for them. What, what is it that you have to bring? Just your body alone is not enough. Your body alone, just your service. Well, I'm going to serve. Like we've had people before uh, in our uh, teams that they come when they serve. They come when they serve. That's not to throw shade. That's not to make you feel, um, you know, condemned or anything like that. But that's not enough. That's not enough. Like, thank you for that gift. But God wants more than what you can do for him. As a matter of fact, he'd, he'd much rather just spend time with you than you doing stuff. Because I've learned a long time ago, God doesn't need me. He wants me. He does not need me. He wants me. He desires to be in community with me. He wants me to do things with him. But I guarantee you, God, if I ever fall out of alignment with him, God, he's got 
thousands of other rights that he can choose. Like he's got thousands of other people that will step into my place in an instant. So it's like he doesn't need me. He's got plenty of people that he can call forward, but he wants me. That's the kind of God we serve that's different from every other religion. Like Muhammad does not love his people. Jesus loves us. Muhammad's not even a God. You understand? But we have a God that is like, I'm going to put on a flesh suit. God's deity incarnate, when we sang it earlier. The God of creation puts on flesh? Are you kidding me? The maker of everything who would seemingly debase himself, but he didn't feel that way about it. The scripture says that he didn't didn't think it was robbery. Like, listen, nobody's forcing me to do this. Holy Ghost. Now, I know that we can't think of the Trinity in three individual parts. It blows our mind. It's three, but it's one. Doesn't work by our numerical system. But let's just say, let's just for the sake, let's just see God through our mathematics. It wasn't like God and Holy Spirit are over here. They're trying to convince Jesus over there. And they got Jesus' hand behind his back. You know, like, you're going, right? You're going, right? Okay, fine, I'll go. No. Because he's in perfect unity with himself. He didn't see what he was doing as some debasement. He didn't see it as like some subservient thing. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. I came to serve the world. I'm here as a servant. And so he comes and he's here to serve. So like he gets the serving thing better than anybody. But serving alone is not enough. So what gifts do we have that are fit for our king? And I want you to be thinking about gifts that you have that are fit for him. And maybe if there's some things that you're giving to him that really, that's not lining up with the heart of God. And maybe you just need to stop doing that and say, God, what is it that you want from me? What is it that you want from me? I want us to look in, this is in an inverted order. So let's look at Luke first and then we'll go back to Matthew because I want to start with Mary first because the angel appeared to her before he appeared uh, to Joseph. All right? So in Luke chapter 1, we'll start reading at verse 26. And in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's uh, Mary's cousin, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. So circle that word favored. Favored woman, the Lord is with you. Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. She was confused. She was disturbed. This has probably never happened to her before. I was uh, laying in bed last night, and for whatever reason, I guess all of this was fresh on my mind. I thought, I wonder what would happen if an angel appeared in the corner of my bedroom. You know, this, like, it's super dark in our bedroom. And I'm like, what would happen if there were blinding light? 
Like that would probably scare the daylights out of me. And so, you know, this has probably never happened to her before. She's probably never had any experience. And so she's confused, disoriented. She's a little disturbed. Like what's going on here? This bothers me. And Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And he, she said, such humility in that. She's trying to figure out what he means. Highly favored. Who, me? Who, me? Somebody asked me one time, are you holy? In a group setting, are you holy? I was a young Christian, and I said no. Because <laughs> I knew what kind of life I lived. Y'all Christian people, you see this version of me. But behind the scenes, there's a different life. And I'm like, I know I ain't holy. And so the leader of the class said, if Christ is in you, you're holy. And I begin to see myself as holy from that moment on. I'm like, wow, Jesus lives in me and my sins are covered and I'm holy. Even though I'm a sinner, I'm holy. Those sins are forgiven. They're washed away and he calls me and compels me to repentance, which is turning around, not forgiveness. See, we don't ask for forgiveness. Like, you know, you, you, you don't constantly go back and ask for forgiveness for things that are under the blood. You repent, you change behavior. And so here she is, she's disturbed, she's confused, and she's probably going, favored? Me? I'm not wealthy. I'm a young girl. I haven't experienced much life. Me? Favored? Listen, I just want to tell you guys, y'all are favored. Say it. I'm favored. Listen, not only are we favored, we're highly favored. We're highly favored. And so... We are favored just as she's favored. And then she says in verse 30, uh, he says, don't be afraid. That's the second time he says this to Mary. Don't be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor. Second time he says that. There's a little bit of, uh, you, you need to understand, there's a principle right there. He says you're highly favored twice. And he said, do not be afraid twice. Real important parallel right here. Don't miss it. As you increase from glory to glory, that's what the scripture says, that we'll increase from glory to glory. As you increase from glory to glory, as you increase in God's favor, there will be an assault on your favorability. And so he's saying in both times, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. As God increases you, don't be afraid. As God increases you, the enemy's attacks will be greater. Don't be afraid because you're highly favored. Focus on the favor and not the fear. Guys, that's really important. I hope you get it deep, all right? And so he says in verse 31, You will conceive and give a birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will uh, give him a throne of his ancestor David. We already know that Joseph is, uh, is an ancestor of David. And verse 33 says, He'll reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asks, listen, how is this going to happen because I'm a virgin? I mean, she just gets right to the point. Like, do you know biology? Like, it's not going to work. I, I'm, 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 I'm not married yet. And then the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. This is a testimony, okay? This is why testimonies are important. Because she's sitting here. Dude, this has never happened before. And it's never happened since. It doesn't make sense. And you've got an angelic being telling you that you're going to be pregnant. And what he's doing here is he's saying, listen, just to encourage you, because I know this is a lot. Elizabeth has become pregnant. That's unheard of. She's too old. She's barren. And she's become pregnant. So what's he doing? He's testifying of a miracle. That like, if it was possible for Elizabeth, it is possible for you. And then, as he says this, she's become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. My God! People used to say you were one way? Come on. They only know that version of you. They only know that version of you. I remember when I used to go home to visit from college, nobody knew I got saved from my party days. Nobody knew I was going to a Bible college from my party days. They hadn't seen me. Nobody knew that I was going into ministry so that whenever I went home from college to visit, they only knew the party rife, the old version of rife. They only knew that person. They didn't know the change. And so I'm like, man, I'm not that person anymore. I can't come to your, to your stuff anymore. I don't do those kinds of things anymore. And so he said, people used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. And Mary responded, and this is the, 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 the important verse. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I'll go into that just a little bit uh, more. Let's flip over to Matthew chapter 1. And now we're going to look at uh, Joseph. All right. So here we are. Verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be uh, married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're reading everything that Gabriel just told her. Verse 19. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, circle righteous. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly. I would circle disgrace. I would circle publicly. So he decided... Circle decided. He decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, circle that whole phrase. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of Mary, uh, Joseph, uh, son of David, The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save their people uh, from their sins. And all of this occurred, now the angel's saying this to him. He's saying, in the dream, and Joseph, all of what's happened occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, Isaiah. So as the angel is speaking this in the dream to Isaiah, he's pointing out prophecy 
evidence to validate what's happened. Because Joseph, I know it's crazy. But how, how many of y'all know uh, Micah 4.2? How many of y'all can quote that right now? <laughs> it's a trick question, guys. Exactly. So here's the deal. There is no. And so, but if you don't know that, you're, sit, you're sitting there going, huh, like, if Joseph didn't know it was there, he wouldn't know, like, wait, 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 wait a second. The prophet Isaiah prophesied this. If he didn't know that, and I'm not saying he didn't know it, but the, but the angel thought it important enough to remind him. Listen, the highest spiritual leaders in the land knew the word, yet it zipped right over their head. They did not recognize him. What the angel of the Lord is doing here, he's validating what's happened and he's pointing it to the prophet Isaiah. And he says, look, the prophet says, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then Joseph woke up and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. I would, that whole verse is good. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sex with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. He didn't have sex with her until the baby. Listen, I'm just flipping back. And I'm going, uh, yeah, there wasn't anything in there about sex. Did I miss it? Huh. There was not anything, like, there wasn't anything in there, like, you can't have sex with her now until the baby's born. That's, that, that speaks so highly of Joseph's character. Like, he wasn't just doing the minimal like, man, he's going above and beyond. He's like, this is a holy thing. I ain't going to mess it up. This is a holy thing. There's so many things about these two accounts that just get me excited. Listen, they both could have said no. Like, both of them could have said no. Think about it. Mary could have said no because, like, no, I'm not going to do this. Do you not know that I could get killed? When they drugged that woman out in the street... In, in front of Jesus, and they were going to stone her, kill her. What did they drag her out for? Adultery. Because in Deuteronomy, it tells us that a woman who commits adultery is, is uh, punishable by death. And so she could lose her life. Plus, this is my body. Like, what is, if I, if I, if I become pregnant, like, what are people going to say about me? There's my reputation. And then my, my fiancé, what's, what, what's becoming of that? Like, my future, my well-being. Like, when they would marry, that's my resource. That's my security. Like, there's so many reasons that she could have said no, but she did not say no. Same thing with, with Joseph. There's so many reasons why he could have said no. Like, dude, I, I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed like, I'm dragging her down the aisle. She's poking out there, and that ain't even my kid. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not raising somebody else's kid. That's embarrassing. You have dishonored me. Like, so he had that. He, you know, this is not something that's going to die down. 
I'm, or, or sorry, it will die down, but it's not going to go away. They're, they're always going to be looking at Jesus as their B-word son. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to follow him for the rest of his life. He's going to have this hanging over him, Joseph, hanging over him for the rest of his life, the shame that goes with that. It's like, plus, I, do I not get the privilege of a pure bride? Like, do I not get the privilege of a pure bride? Like, don't I deserve a pure bride? Like, you know, he's giving up a lot of things. All of these things are, are legitimate grounds for them to say no. But they both said yes. And here's what I want you to understand. The greatest gift that we will ever give the Lord is our full surrender. Like, when you think about them... They gave their full surrender to the Lord. Mary, I mean, honestly, she's got the biggest ask, in my opinion. I mean, Joseph has his reputation. He has, you know, his pride, humility, all of these things. But God's like, I really need you to be an incubator for God. I've got to bring him here physically, and I'm going to need your body to do it. And, oh yeah, remember that thing in the garden? Uh, you're going to have to, like, it's a supernatural birth, but it's going to be a natural, or it's a supernatural, uh, you know, in pregnancy, the impregnation, but it's going to be a natural birth. It's not going to be like, you know, birthing pain start and Holy Ghost comes upon her and is like, you know, be, be released of those, you know, pains, those birthing pains. The Son of God is, you know, going to come. He's just going to boop, pop right out. No labor whatsoever. No, remember in the garden? There was a curse that was, that was attached to childbearing and it was the pain. Like, he's, she's going to come through uh, this pregnancy, and she's going to experience this. So she's, she's going to experience a pain. She's going to, uh, it's, listen, it's one thing if you experience pain that you agreed to or that you were anticipating. But if anybody has ever been hurt physically or emotionally, and you didn't sign up for that, bro, it is a different pain. It's a whole different ball game. It hurts a lot more. And so here she goes. She's giving everything. She surrenders everything. She surrenders her body, but this is, there's even more than that, she surrenders her life. She surrenders her life. Like I understand, I'm giving you my body. You're going to put Jesus in here, and the public is not necessarily going to buy this. And I could experience hatred and bitterness and assault. And we know they did. When the wise men came, Herod started putting the hit out on them. And they had to move. They fled for safety. There was a hit on their family. So there's a lot of things going on with them. And here is what she says. Two verses. This is Mary's. I'm the Lord's servant. Mary, I'm going to need your body. I'm the Lord's servant. Mary, it's going to...
puts you in a serious predicament with the Sanhedrin. I'm your servant. You understand they're going to want to kill you and your son. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. Let everything that came out of your mouth come true. That's surrender. Like, God, I'm yours. That right there, dude, is the personification of the scripture that says, worship him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, body. That is the personification. She is, when you look that scripture up in the scripture dictionary, her picture is beside it. She is the personification of that verse. And this is what Joseph said. Joseph, when he woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. Like, when he woke up, he just, man, he's going at it. I'm taking her as, as my wife. I'm going to be obedient. And so he didn't have sexual relations with her until uh, the son Jesus was born. I'm telling you, there's so much. I really want you to go back, and I want you to go back, and I want you to read uh, Matthew's account and let, let it speak to you uh, things about Joseph's integrity. Joseph was a righteous man is what the word says. So we know he was a just man. That's what righteous means. He's like, you know, I'm going to do what's fair. And I'm, I don't, I don't want to tarnish her. I don't want to drag her out into the street and say, Sanhedrin stone her to death. She's betrayed me. She's betrayed my trust. She's, you know, I, I respect her. I love her. And I'm still having a problem with this. And I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this. But I don't want to, I don't want to scorch earth her. Like, I love her. I care for her, even though I'm disappointed and so he goes and he's made a decision. All right, so he made a decision. But when, when we're talking about that, one of the things that I love about it, let me find it again. Um, oh, I love verse 20. It says, as he considered this, the breaking of the engagement, as he considered this. Guys, I'm telling you, one of the things that we have to do is we have to consider. Like, like this morning, I'll give you an example. Holy Spirit, I've learned this through trial and error, and I confessed that to you earlier. Prepare the way, prepare the way, prepare the way. Well, I know what that means. And I've been wrong because I didn't consider what the Lord said. I've made that mistake before, and so I'm not going to make that this time. I'm not going to go, hey, we're not going to meet for staff meeting this week and go like, hey, man, the Lord said prepare the way and here are the three things that that means. Because I can come up with some things now. I can flat out come up with some things. And they're not all God things. So I'm going to consider it. I want you to consider it with me. But he considered it. He didn't just follow his emotions. If he followed his emotions, he would have put her away. This would have been done. But he considered it. It's like, is this the right thing to do? Father, is this your will? Is this what I'm supposed to do? She's telling me an angel appeared uh, to, to, to her. Ain't no angel appeared to me because it hadn't yet. Ain't no angel appeared to me. I don't know what's going on. This is a bunch of, 
I don't believe it. I'm not sure. This isn't even possible. But he's considering it. So it lets you know that not only is he compassionate, righteous, he's a wise man. He's a wise man. He used wisdom in this situation. So kind is this man. And then when it gets down to that part, I love this part, that it says he didn't have any kind of relations with her. Like he could have, he had the right to, but what he was doing is like, he's not just going to give the bare minimal. I'm telling you, man, there's some stuff to learn in here. Like, we don't give just because you can check off your box. You don't serve just because you can check off your box. You don't show up just because you can check off your box. You don't do whatever just so you can check off a box and do the bare minimum. Like, no, when you are in love with Jesus, when you are in love with him, you don't want to bring the cheapest gift to the party. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to bring the bare minimum You don't want to show up. We talked about that this morning in our group of volunteers. Like, we don't want to just give God, you know, the the leftovers of what we've got. No, man, we want to bring him the best. And I'm telling you, I respect Joseph so much. We hear very little about him in Scripture. But Joseph is like, this is holy. This is holy. I'm not going to touch this. I'm not going to get involved in, in what I want right now. I'm, I'm going to put my will aside right now. And I'm just going to let God unfold it. And I'm just going to see what God does here. And he's like, he gave God more than God asked for. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? All right. So here's Mary's gifts that she brought. So what, what gifts did she have to bring? Mary's gifts. Her will. She gave her obedience. It's like, it's not what I want. It's what you want, God. She gave him her obedience. Like she said, be it unto me, everything, just like you said, just like you said. I don't know if you've ever heard, had the Lord speak to you something and you're like, uh, can we talk about this for a second? Like we don't have any of that recorded here. I mean, she's disturbed. She's thinking about it. She's got some reservations or whatever. But after the conversation was over, she's like, be it unto me. Let everything happen just as you said. Like, don't leave anything out. Let's do it just like that. Her physical body, she gave. I'm telling you what, man. God needs your body. God needs your body. How will they know? Unless somebody goes. How will they know? Unless somebody tells them. God needs your mouth. He needs your hands. He needs your feet. He needs your body. He needs your mind. He needs your talents. The things that you can do with your hands, your mouth, your, your, uh, your feet, your intellect, your creativity. Like, man, he wants your body. He needs that for the body of Christ. Literally, one of her gifts was, I'm willing to lay down my life for you. And trust. I trust you, God. This ain't making sense to me. It disturbs me a bit, but I trust you. And then lastly, she brought her virtue. She brought her virtue. Listen, Mary, why did God choose Mary? She was not the only virgin in Israel. She was not the only female descendant of any royal lineage in Israel. She wasn't the only one that was necessarily virtuous in Israel. 
I think they said at that time there were some, something like 500,000 maybe, uh, what's the population of Israel, of Jerusalem. There's so many people that he could have chosen. But see, God looks at time. And even though he, doesn't, he does not make us or decide for us how to respond, God knows how we're going to respond. If there's a situation you're in three or four days from now, God already knows what you're going to do. Why? Because he's seen it. But God, because he's seen it, is not going to force you to make a decision that's not yours. Still your decision, but he sees it. Many times, like with my daughter, I'll just use her as, as an example. I can use my wife, I can use my son. I know what they're going to do in certain situations. I can already tell you what Shea Stewart's going to say. I can already tell you what Savannah uh, uh, is going to want. I can already tell you. It doesn't mean that I determine their decision. It's just I know them. Now, that's just from an earthly point of view. I don't even see, but I've seen them enough to know when we get there, I'll put my money on it. This is what their decision or this is what they're going to say. But Jesus is looking at it from eternity. He already knows she's going to say yes. Are you following me? That's why he chose her. That's why he chose her. It wasn't because she was the only virtuous virgin that had royal lineage. It wasn't the only one that had all these little check marks. It was because Mary was the one willing to say, I'll die for you if this is what it takes. I'll give you my all. That was Mary's gift. Full surrender. This is the second thing. Joseph's gifts, his gifts were will, obedience, same thing. Here's the thing I love about when Joseph, the angel appeared to him. Joseph, it says, when he woke up. So he's coming out of the dream. And the first thing that he does, he's getting Mary on the phone. He's texting Mary. Hey, we got to get together. I got some stuff to share with you. Are you following me? Like he immediately, there's no delay in what's happening. So he immediately obeys. He's righteous, he's just, he's got compassion, and he's got integrity. These are things that he brings to the king. You and I bring some of these same things that we can bring to our king. Complete surrender. These are four things that will sabotage your surrender, and I'm closing this up. Four things that are going to sabotage your surrender. So, um, if you want to come. Number one, fear. Fear of the unknown. God speaks to you to do something. God speaks you, gives you an assignment, gives you a promise, gives you something. But, like, that's unknown to you. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, uh, God, I, I, I don't have that kind of experience if you if you go down that train fear will sabotage like you completely surrendering to the lord sometimes god asks us to do difficult things can i tell you man i've had some years of my life where i'm like i've just really kind of been frustrated with the lord i'm like god it shouldn't be this difficult all right listen to me church Listen to me, church. And one day, as I'm, as I'm uh, talking to the Lord, I'm like, God, it just shouldn't be this difficult. It shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this painful. God, it shouldn't be. 
I wonder, is that how I sounded to him? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, Daddy. It shouldn't be this way. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, who told you that? And immediately, as soon as I heard the Holy Spirit say, who, who told you that? Because people will say things and they sound like truth. But it's not necessarily the truth for this situation. Like, man, if we ain't having fun, something's wrong. I've said that myself. Is that true? No, that's not true. And Holy Spirit just began to t- take me in, in to Jesus' world. He said, remember, you were quite younger and less wise. But in many ways, when we're unwise, we pray bolder things. Where we haven't been tainted and we haven't been corrupted. And in in my time, the Lord said, do you remember that prayer that you prayed for me? I want to do ministry just like Jesus Isn't that what you asked me? I did. And that's what it looks like. You're comparing yourself to other ministries. And that's not what you asked me for. Like if that's what you wanted, you should have said, God, make me like X church or make me like X preacher or make me like X ministry. Because I could have done that too. But that's not what you said. Because in your innocence and your true, your purity of heart, you're like, I want to do ministry just like Jesus did. But you also prayed that in your ignorance. Because you didn't know what you were praying. Now you know. And you only know a fraction of it. Because I have not allowed you to experience near what my son experienced. God will call you to difficult sometimes. Difficult ain't fun. It's just not. But at the end of the day, if we're pleasing the Lord, that's what it's about. Fear will cause you to steer away when you don't understand something. Like, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't, you know. It'll cause you to be misunderstood and it'll cause you to misunderstand things. There will be fear of, like, there have been times when God has spoken to me that I have not been obedient. Because I'm like, if I say this, these people are going to think I'm crazy. When they already think I'm crazy. If I do this, if I say this, you know, they're going to think this. What is that? That's my pride, you know. I mean, I was having this conversation with somebody recently, and I don't know who it was, but I said, God used to speak things to me, and I would, in my head, I would be like, okay, Lord. All right, no. Okay, so I'm going to say it like this, because that's going to weird them out. And so I'm going to, let's see, how, I, how, how can I put this? And I heard Holy Spirit say, are you going to tell them what you said or what I said? But my fear of being misunderstood or looked at as a weirdo by these people was going to sabotage my surrender to Holy Spirit. 
All of a sudden, I just begin to prophesy to this lady, and I'm like, she's going to think I'm a nut. And I just, I'm like, I don't even know what this means. I don't know what this means. And I just say it, and immediately, dude, she starts just weeping. Because it meant something to her. It didn't need to mean something to me. But if I had not surrendered because of my fear of being misunderstood, I would have missed that moment of God using me. It doesn't mean she would have missed that message because I'm telling you, God would have used somebody else to deliver that. Fear of loss. Like, now God, if I do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose some people. I'm going to lose some friends. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll lose my job. I'll lose whatever it is. But fear of loss will keep you from full surrender to the Lord. Pride. I, I feel like somebody needs to hear this. Right? I'm, I'm going right back. I feel like somebody needs to hear this in this room today. This is either for you or for somebody else, and you're going to prophesy to them if it's for somebody else. Sometimes we will stay in a toxic relationship because we fear losing that person, knowing that it is toxic. But I, 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 I'll be alone. I don't want to be alone. I'd rather have toxicity than to be alone. And I'm telling you, that loss, God will never ask you to give something up that he will not put something better in your hand. Pride. Pride will cause you to lose this ability to surrender. I'm going to lose. I I used to struggle with pride. And I'm like, man, I really want to let go and worship the Lord. But I really... I'm more concerned about what these people will think about my worship to the point where I'm like, I don't care what people think about my worship because I'm not here worshiping you. I'm here to worship uh, the Lord. So I just worship the, I just worship the Lord like I feel Scripture gives me permission to do. Um, will. Will is that selfishness that it's like I value what I want more than what God wants. And I'm telling you, when you get to a place where you can go, God, what do you want? Do you want me to sell my house? I'll sell my house. If you want me to sell my car, I'll sell my car. God, do you want me to move to this location? I'll move to that location. Like, God, whatever you want. Be it uns- like that, that scripture, be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. And then this is the last one. Delay. Notice, as soon as the Lord spoke to Joseph, he got up and was obedient. As soon as the, whole, uh, the, the, the angel of the Lord finished, Gabriel uh, finished speaking to uh, Mary, she's like, well, thanks for telling me. I'm going to need to pray about this. And it's going to take me a while. Can you give me a few days to pray about it? Because I've said that to people. Can you give me a few days to pray about it? Because this is a lie. No, she said, okay, let it happen. You think me and Joseph can have the baby? Like we can, you know, like can we produce the baby? No, she didn't, she didn't try to find another way. She said, whatever it is, exactly how you said it, that's how we're going to do it. No delay. Look at this. Look at this. This is really important. The more time you wait to do something God told you to do, the more time you give the enemy to talk you out of doing it. That's just an incentive to call you to obedience. Like, 
man, when we, when we wait, when God's not asking us to wait, I mean, I do believe there's, this, there's a, a, you can go pray about it and you can, but there's some things that God will put in your heart and in your spirit and it's like, do it, do it. Don't give the enemy time to talk you out of it. Just do it, just do it and trust him. So the greatest gift we'll ever give our Lord is full surrender, all right? Here's how you can apply it. And then we're just going to worship to this uh, song because it's so perfect for this setting. Surrender to God right now. Like, there are people in the room and you know who you are. I don't know who you are. You know who you are. That it's like God's been dealing with you, talking with you about things. And you've put that off. You've kicked that can down the road. Like, just surrender to God right now. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it. No, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get there. Just surrender. Look at this one. If God has been speaking to you about something in particular and you've sensed yourself procrastinating, I want you to try to do this. So reach out to a trusted friend for encouragement and accountability. Encouragement and accountability. Someone who you can trust. This, I've been dealing with this, man. This is where I am. Tell them flat out, don't lie, don't shade it, don't do anything. You tell them as ugly as it is. When I, when I say stuff like that, I'm talking about, man, I'm going to just be honest with you. I've been prideful. I've been, I'm like, I don't, it'll, it'll embarrass me or it'll this, that, or the other. Or, man, well, I don't have the money to do that right now. Like, whatever it is, if you feel like God's been speaking to you about something and you've been in a season of delay, like you're just, you haven't received or, or, or fully stepped into that, I want you to reach out to a trusted friend for encouragement and accountability. And the reason I say do that is because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is established. That's scriptural. And a lot of times what will happen is we will talk ourselves into doing some things and it's like, hey, I don't mean to be rude, but you're really not at a place spiritually to even determine that. You need some wisdom from an outside unbiased source that, just, that can just give you some encouragement and direction in that and then provide accountability.